0: Hello, and welcome to Bubbly Bibbly, the podcast about books and bubbles, literature and
1: libations, authors and alcohol. We love books and bubbly. We are friends who offer a curated book review section on our website and a hilarious podcast. We discuss books, drinks, and stories from our lives. I'm Rachel. And I am Carmen. Rachel, remember
0: when I said during the last episode I was going to throw you a bone on this one?
1: Yeah, and I also remember that your description of that bone was fairly disgusting.
0: Um, I prefer the word grotesque.
1: Uh, You would, of course. So what is this (laughs) bone that you're tossing about tonight?
0: Okay, no scary titles today. Today, we're gonna talk about differences in genres. And I hope I educate myself a little on these as well. You know how the Dewey Decimal System is very detailed and layered? That's how I feel about genres.
1: Yes, you're right. And I'm interested to see where this is gonna take us. So in this episode, Carmen and I are gonna talk about the differences in horror, mystery, and the thriller genres. Tonight, Carmen, I'm drinking one of my new favorite cocktails, the French All right. Gimlet. The French oh, Gimlet.
0: Ra- Rachel, do you remember what a coworker of mine said about the gimlet?
1: Yeah, remind me again though.
0: <laughs> uh, the gimlet is a drink that only alcoholics drink.
1: I don't I don't get it because this one is so good. It's gin, equal parts gin, elderflower liqueur, and a dash of, well, not a dash, but a splash of lemon. No. Lemon or lime? Lemon. So the elderflower liqueur is what makes it French? I guess. It makes it really good. It's so good. (laughs) That does sound good. Yeah. And I have like a little glass for it. It's really good, actually. (laughs)
0: Well, um, at our last sorority meeting, one of our sisters brought me a bottle of wine that her father made, and I have decided to use this recording to open it and try it.
1: Well, how nice is that? I know, that right? That's so sweet. Well, I am listening to A Gentleman in Moscow by Amar Towels. Tools.
0: Oh. Tolls.
1: Um, You've read it, right? And John has read it. Yes. I've just started it. Well, actually, I'm quite a few ways in now. And I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it.
0: Well, I'm listening to The Fisherman. I think I talked about this a little bit in our last episode by John Langdon. I I actually finished it, but I really like the voice of the man reading it and his name is Danny Campbell but the central character is telling the story from the present so at least you know he lives but he loses his wife to cancer and he finds solace in fishing so a coworker of his also loses his family in a tragic tragic car accident and he starts to fish with the first man. So there's this lake that they have both had dreams about, dreams that kind of border on nightmarish without the other knowing. And they're, they're slowly being drawn there for unknown reasons. So the tagline on the book was, what will you give to regain what you have lost?
1: And ah, it was... It, It was very engaging.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was very engaging. We have three sections to our podcast, and I think this is the perfect way to explore these genres. And, of course, because I'm writing this, horror will be first.
1: Well, I'm glad we're getting this out of the way, but horror (laughs) fiction... It's meant to scare or frighten, and below that, there is psychological horror and supernatural horror. (laughs) My skin is already crawling. (laughs) (laughs) Horror goes
0: all the way back to the ancient Greeks and Romans, and that is just when the stories were being passed on in written form more and more, rather than through storytelling. But horror actually goes all the way back to the beginnings of humanity, because As we well know, people can be pretty horrible.
1: That's right. Many stories like Dracula come from lives of real people who did horrible things. But let's not think that the subgenres are neat and tidy because everyone has their opinion and you can really start splitting hairs when you're digging, you know, digging into any literature genre. So the two main types of horror are psychological and supernatural.
0: Right, 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 right. Um, psychological is just that delving into the darkness of the human mind, both emotional and mental. So that could bring paranoia, hallucination, psychosis, the whole range of mental illness. Supernatural is just what it says. Things that happen that you can't explain. So that would be ghosts and monsters and all types of paranormal events that, you, that happen.
1: And that's a good segue into another form of horror. Once you have the generation or two of evil doings, then you have the definition of a gothic horror. The haunting of a presence. By events or people from the past. Mm. It's also very much about the environment, stormy weather, crumbling buildings, dense fog, and the distant howling of a wolf. <laughs> it's an evil past that comes back to supernaturally impose itself onto the present in a gloomy and oppressive environment, is the stuff that makes nightmares.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that brings up a really good point in that there are so many subgenres in each of these three categories that we're talking about and really not a lot of agreement on exactly what they are.
1: That's right. And there's there's a fact that one book may hit several of the different genres. As a matter of fact, I would call a book like Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier not only a gothic horror, but also a thriller.
0: Yes, that's exactly right. And since you said that, Rachel, let's talk about thrillers when we come back.
1: Thriller and horror literature are often clumped together because they're very similar. But when you get right down to the nitty gritty, horror wants to scare the pants off of you. And thrillers want to leave you with that tingling excitement. It's the difference between mm. like sitting on the edge of your seat rather than hiding underneath it <laughs> in horror.
0: the Oh, that's good.
1: Uh, in horror, the dead can still live, but in a thriller, the bad guy stays dead.
0: Those are so good. Those are good examples. And uh, Rebecca is a very good example of how a book can be both a thriller thrills but has a set resolution at the end. I think of thriller and suspense kind of as the same, but I'm sure some people would agree. I also read somewhere that Stephen King's Misery is horror, but I would disagree and put it in the thriller category.
1: Well, another one of Stephen King's book, The Shining, is also a great example of both as well. I mean, you're on the edge of your seat You've got the blanket over your head reading it, you know, and you're jumping every time, yes. you know, something comes up in the book.
0: Yes, yes. And, you know, um, just right here while you're talking about The Shining, a little plug to read the book rather than watch the movie. Right. You know, the sh- Stephen King despised um, Stanley Kubrick's movie, The Shining, And the book is really very different. It is. And it is, it's not as, I thought Stanley Kubrick's The Shining was kitschy. You know, like he had too many hooks and angles to it. He
1: was really weird on the set too. I saw a background on this and like Uh he spent 14 hours one time shooting just one scene
0: yeah I, I think he I, I, I think he forgot himself. but um, anyway, sub-genre, some subgenres of thrillers are the action thriller like um, the Jason Bourne books by Robert Ludlum. And then we've got the spy thrillers like James Bond by Ian Fleming. Thank you for the uh, Vesper cocktail.
1: <laughs> Psychological thrillers like Verity by Colleen Hoover. Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins, and almost every title of Gail Flynn. You know,
0: I I just don't love her books like everyone else. But that's an, you know that's another topic. Uh, sci-fi thrillers would include almost everything written by Michael Crichton. I mean, seriously, if you've never read Jurassic Park, pick it up.
1: And there has also been some really great young adult series recently in this chef genre like Ready Player 1 and Divergent. Yes, we love anything that gets the younger generation reading.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And then we've got man versus nature thrillers. And th- that's a group that turns out interestingly enough, to be really stressful for me. So true stories like Into the Wild really wreck me. Even if I know the outcome, I can't stand to to read it and just all of the hardships and everything, all of the trauma. And the stories like The Martian, they just really have me pacing the floor. So if nature wins, that means somebody's going to die. And, right. <laughs> and anything in the water, uh, anything in the water, just forget it. Just forget it. Anything in the water. No. I cannot read about people drowning.
1: And any the kind of feels we get with any, kind of like how we feel with anything about storylines involving pets, dogs, oh my cats, gosh. anything like that. Ah,
0: yes, yes, yes. Now, why is it, Rachel, that we would much rather read a person dying than a pet?
1: I don't know. Like that uh, Grady Hendrix book, I'm reading a whole chapter about how this lady is like eating out of the garbage and how she attacks someone and eats her ear. And I'm like, oh, great. But if a dog, (laughs) if a dog gets lost in the wild, yes, or the dog may come to nature I'm like what oh no oh,
0: it's, it's just awful well you know this is a really huge genre and I I think there may be a little something for everyone um, and I don't really feel that way about horror but this is also a great genre for young adults because you really want to feel the feelings when you're reading. But when you get to the end, you really want it to be resolved.
1: Let's come back and talk about the last genre for today, the mystery. (gasps) I can't even say the word mystery without Agatha Christie instantly coming to mind. She is the absolute queen of mystery, and I think she is the one and only reason it became so popular. Mm Mm-hmm. Her titles also fall into several different genres, uh, which we'll discuss, and I'll start with a few. The Hounds of Baskervilles is a supernatural mystery. Hercule Perrault, and I don't—I have to think French when I say his name. Hercule Perrault <laughs> titles are, are the professional sleuth mysteries, and th- then there were none. It's a suspense thriller mystery.
0: Look at you coming up with all those Agatha Christie novels. Um, Well, I have all (laughs)
1: subgenres. I
0: have always loved the cozy mystery. That is a mystery that doesn't have the grisly murder or the sex scenes or the language. They're usually really, really light and airy, and it's almost like putting together a puzzle, it's nice and tidy. So, some authors of The Cozy Mystery are Joanne Fluke, Alexander McCall Smith, and Nancy Atherton. Now, Alexander McCall Smith is where my number one ladies detective agency books come from. And I, you know, they they just are so satisfying. I call them palate cleansers because... You you know it's going to end. There's an overall arc in the whole series. It's just so satisfying on so many levels. So I love the cozy mystery.
1: I also like the police investigation mysteries, like the Bone series by Kathy Reichs. Mm-hmm. Again, you have seen and liked all the telev- television series, and I encourage you always to pick up the books. They did inspire shows, but they're very different. So I always encourage you to pick up the books. Michael Connolly. James Patterson, and Tana French fall into this category.
0: Yeah, you know, um, David Borneaz is the, um, the lead actor on Bones, the series. And when I lived in Philadelphia, I would see him regularly at the King of Prussia Mall. I know I just I I it's and let me just say he is more beautiful in person than he is on the small screen. Um one genre that I did not know existed but I love is the caper. And these are more kind of madcap adventures and typically have a fair share of comedy. So in that, I recommend Lisa Lutz's The Spellman Files series to anyone and everyone. But I also tell you, I remember we told our, our sorority sister Gay this. I told her this. If you don't love it, just tell me that you haven't had time to read them because I <laughs> I will totally break up with you if you do not love these books and find them hilarious so it's like a madcap caper the uh the stories are are good and they're solid but there's just such a lot of humor to it that i i love the caper
1: and of course what is a good mystery without a romantic subplot the Harlequin Harlequins missed the boat if they didn't have a Harlequin Mysteries line in addition to their Harlequin Romance titles. You can scratch mm-hmm. an itch with Nora Roberts, J.D. Robb, Maya Banks, Linda Howard, Sandra Brown, Laura Griffin, and Julia Gay- Garwood. <laughs> That is, that is a lot of I know. authors. That's why I said Harlequin totally missed the boat if they didn't have a separate division for this.
0: Yeah, that is so true. Now, the last one in this genre is the private eye, and I always hate saying this word, n-nore. noir. 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 Um, reading up on this one introduced me to a new term, hard-boiled. So as far as I can understand, these two very slightly different subgenres. genres the, the hard-boiled detective strives to do the right thing, set the world right, and right any wrongs. So think Sam Spade, who's definitely rough around the edges, but he always acts in a stand-up kind of way. On the other hand, the noir detective very often blurs and crosses the line between right and wrong. So he has a deep fault that he either can't or won't deny and seems to be driven in large part by by this fault. So that brought me to novels like The Postman Always Rings Twice, mm-hmm. Double Indemnity, and Strangers on a Train. Those so are good examples. They're all... F- yeah. Yeah, they're all flawed. They know what they're doing is wrong and they do it anyway because it just overwhelms them.
1: Well, it's not stalking if nobody knows about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs>
0: And the sound of our cheering fans means it's time for listener comments.
1: We posted a graphic on our Facebook page with different types of readers based on how you read and where you read and what you're reading. Katie is the undead reader. Carrie couldn't choose just one, so she's the sipper while being the undead. Uh, And always just one more chapter. Thanks for the comments on the post. It was a fun little you know, pick and choose kind of post. So thanks for chiming in. I'm still thinking about your wonderful
0: comments on Banned Books Week and want to encourage all of you to continue, please, to request, check out, buy, and read challenged and banned books. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take the most challenged banned books list from 2021 and create a reading list that I'm going to use to supplement what I'm currently reading.
1: That's a great idea. We really appreciate all of you guys, and we want to keep hearing from you. Let us know what you think the nuances between horror, thriller, and mysteries are, and what is your favorite of the three? And you might even have a subgenre that we didn't even hear about or talk about. So let us know and drop us some some title suggestions. And we
0: want to know what type of reader you are. So check out the post on our Facebook page that Rachel mentioned and chime in. While you are on your social media, be sure to check out Bubbly Bibbly. (laughs) (laughs) While you're on your social media, be sure to check us out on Instagram and TikTok, too.
1: And remember, author Carlos Guentes pushed back on the genre categorization a bit when he said, don't classify me, read me. I'm a writer, not a genre.